Sonic Gino, we're here once again. It's Tuesday evening, live on Trova.live slash Vleeties. We watch wrestling, Gino. I think I, I was telling Geezy on hashtags and headlines, we might just rebrand this whole thing. Get rid of that Vleeties name. That's a tired brand. That Because that's just me. And this 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 little thing we do is more than just me, all right? It's about wrestling. And I'm a wrestling journalist, aren't you? And I feel like I'm becoming a wrestling journalist, especially with all the wrestling I still am work watching right now with NXT that I still follow with Rampage, with Dynamite, with Raw, with SmackDown. I think we are getting close to being wrestling journalists. Dude, GCW, that's something that only you know about. I still kind of follow M- MLW. Like, there's lots of wrestling out there that now we're Lockheed watching. Black says, no, leave it. Us Vilides rumor is that Gino lost his job. No, Gino, that's not true. So you're working still, right? You're the working man. Yeah, I'm the working man, man. This job's been doing well again, this fucking warehouse job. It's been not too bad again, because this place is still kind of a few months old, so we haven't gotten too many people, too many orders coming in because people don't know the location or they don't really know about it. But hopefully around like this Thanksgiving or even Christmas, since we're going to be open, when other shops look like they're be closed, we're going to start getting more the orders, more people come. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. He hate me dropped that on us, so... Yes, Gino, there will be more orders. That's what you want is more work. You're there. You might as well be as busy as you can possibly be. So glad the warehouse gig is going well for you. But I got news for you. It's time to quit it. We're the wrestling journalists now. I think it's official. I'm a wrestling journalist. You're a wrestling journalist. Why do these GOCs, these Denise Salcedos, these Sean Ross Sapses, how come they're all out there calling themselves wrestling journalists? What does it take to be one? Do I have to quit my job, stay home, and just live and breathe wrestling? Like, if I'm not watching wrestling, do we need to be calling and tweeting at people? Uh, we might be at least need to tweet at our DM people. Why DM people when we have Sammy Guevara's number? Like, we could just text him right now, like, hey, by the way, Sammy, I'm a wrestling journalist now. Like, we can do that. We have his cell phone number. When I text him, it's still blue. When he was, when I went to Dynamite and Garland, I texted him and he was like, ha, the reception of the building was terrible anyway. We couldn't FaceTime each other. I'm a wrestling journalist. That's true, and that's why we got to get in contact with even more wrestling. you got Sammy, you can contact with more people to get their opinions on shit, to actually have interviews and be proper wrestling journalists like these SRSs and Denise Salcedos. Yeah, where's uh, where's the certified Luke Curtis? He, he would do an interview with me. I think he would love to sit across from me, and I would just say, so what made you want to get into wrestling? Uh, what was it like to be beat up by Braun Strowman? Like, there's so many questions I would ask these people. I'm not good at that portion of it, Gino. I really don't think I can interview wrestlers. Like, I just, like, what would, what would it be? Because, so, what makes a good wrestling interview? Like, when I listen to Jericho do it, it's like, well, Jericho is just a wrestler talking to another wrestler about wrestling. Like, I get that. But when I, like, I've never liked anyone else other than Kevin doing it because Kevin's hilarious. Uh, like Kevin interviewing DDP was fantastic. His interview with RVD where his lighter didn't work when they were trying to smoke together. Like that was hilarious. But is there a good like is there a good uh, Nick Houseman interview that you can recommend that I can learn how to be a wrestling journalist? Yeah, that's a really good question. We should be like researching proper interview techniques and how we should go about this so we could possibly have that one moment that you and I dream of. And that being you or I 
sitting down and having an interview with the most professional wrestler, Brian Myers. Is that what our, our dream is? I like that you said, like, you and I have this dream. And as you kept talking, I was like, what is our dream? Because I agree. If I sat with Brian Myers, he could come hang out in this garage with me. I'd make some space for him. I have another microphone who we can sit down and just chat shop, talk some shop. I want to know all about creative pro wrestling. I want to hear that story that he told on, you know what? What, what am I, an idiot? Chris Van Vliet. He's my cousin. Uh, we're, I think we're connections on on Twitter or something where we follow each other. So we can absolutely just to ask Chris for advice and maybe even some introductions. Like, hey, Chris, I really am trying to become a wrestling journalist, even though I already am one. Uh, can you hook me up with Ryback? I'd love to have a conversation with the big guy. And I'm sure we would be able to do that again. But I do feel our big goal, the big get, would be Brian Myers. He'd be able to tell us all the shit that he's, even though he said a lot of stuff before about his time, in WWE for all those years, like even in developmental, to get up there. But I feel like he could tell us a lot of stuff that he's even probably not even said after all these years. Now that he's a free man, because I've not seen any recent interviews with the most professional wrestler. What would you ask him? What would be your first question? Like, is there something that we don't know that we would have to know from Brian? I have to feel like when your when your losing streak began. Did you already have a plan for this to become part of the gimmick, or did you just go along with this until it started to become over because of your losing streak? Well, when he, if you listen to him and Chris Van Vliet, you would know that uh, he started losing matches, and then he brought it up to cre- he brought it up to Vince, like let's make this a thing. Like I want to, I want to be your jobber, and I'll lose all these matches, but I at least want there to be a losing streak. So if it does ever end, because that was his other thing, was he never thought it was going to end. It would matter when he finally breaks the losing streak, which which is what ended up happening. He also had some great insight on main event, WWE main event, that show that you and I used to watch. Um, Jinder Mahal made his big return on there, and he he talked about you know that that show is on in Vince's office. Like you have a seven minute match, you have seven minutes to impress Vince McMahon every single time you're on main event. You might as well try and do it. Like I remember I went to a main event taping. And it was Bobby Roode versus Cedric Alexander. And it was the best match that I saw that night. Like, it was such a great match. And, of course, it's on main event. So when you watch it on, like, the network or on Hulu, they cut out a lot of it, which is kind of funny. Like, oh, yeah, there's commercials. So they can just trim out nine minutes of this match. Like, they had, like, a 25-minute dark match. And they just cut it down for for main event on Hulu. So it's uh, more digest. We got to show replays from Raw. So we better trim out this incredible match. Why is that the idea? I'm going to ask Brian about that, you know. I'm sure he would have a lot of information, like why they have to trim down these amazing contests we do get on main event live, but you don't get to watch it. It's all just lost footage or footage you have to find in the vault somewhere that's just not on the network or Peacock for the people. Gino, I had a baby this past week, right? So I spent a lot of time in hospitals. And then when I came home, I spent a lot of time at home. And that led to a lot of yard work, which led to a lot of housework, which just led to a lot of me listening to podcasts. So I was listening to some old something to wrestle with. And it finally happened, Gino. I caved. Have you ever subscribed to ad-free shows? I have never subscribed to ad-free shows. I've never been willing to pay money to Mr. Brian Last or to Mr. Conrad Thompson. I just was so sick of listening to ads. I was so sick. I like I just I had heard the same ads over and over again. And then finally there was an ad about ad free shows and I just Put thought that shit on. Thank you so much, he hate me. Uh, are these hydrates that I'm missing? Holy shit. Like mm. Mm. 
Because after listening to literally probably six episodes of, uh, of something to wrestle with, I just it hit me like it's only nine fucking dollars. Why am I not just doing that now? Having said that, I've been a member of ad free shows for like three days. The commercials kind of help the show. It kind of gives you a little break from all this wrestling talk. And I'd like to know what's going on with Chili Sleep every once in a while. Like it gives you a break from uh, question, answer, question, answer. But it's awesome. I, I, I got to admit, Juno, I've been a big fan of this Something to Wrestle Without ads. Even these episodes that are happening currently with Bruce are pretty awesome because you do hear a guy who works for WWE talking about old WWE and every once in a while he'll get a text or something about current WWE and you want to know what that's about. There's like all this suspense. And since there's no commercials, you like it is like an hour. It's like an hour and a half episode now. Like without those ads, he loves ads. There's 35 minutes of ads in these two hour shows. So maybe that's, so now that we're wrestling journalists, we need to get sponsored by um, Chili Slee, Better Help. That seems to be a pretty common one. Uh, we need to make sure that we're also sponsored by like. There's got to be musicians that want to plug their shit. Like, I'm not charging much. Ten dollars for a thirty minute read, you know, we, or a one minute read. I don't care. I think that'd be perfect, and for either of us to have that one minute read would be perfect. And I also do feel like, with since we have ad free shows, you get more than just something wrestling. You get all this other content. I don't know what all is there. I thought like Chris here had a podcast for a second. Oh, there's so much. There. There's so much shit on there. It's it's kind of annoying how many emails and notifications I get about. Hey, a new thing. Hey, a new thing. There's probably five things every day. These guys want me to only do wrestling. Like they only watch wrestling. Only want me to do that. I am a wrestling journalist though, so that's probably why. But like the Jeff Jarrett podcast, which I hate, I might even start listening to that again. The Kurt Angle show, which I hate, I might even start listening to that again. Click This is on there. I don't like that, so I'm not going to listen to that one. But some of these other ones that I've kind of shoved to the wayside, like the Arn Anderson one I never listened to, the Tony Schiavone one I've never listened to. There's stuff with DDP on there. I didn't even know he did stuff with ad-free shows. So if, if you're a wrestling friend, this is just an ad-free shows commercial. Use my promo code to fucking download that shit. But – yeah, it hit me like a bolt of lightning, you know, like, yeah, it's $9. Why was I fighting it? I know, and you know what? I might get at free shows. You know what? Since we are wrestling journalists, I could maybe get some information at some point so I can check it out myself because, I mean, I'd be willing to pay 10 bucks, but we'll see again. If I have to pay it, I'll pay. Well, I might, yeah, and here's the thing. I might just cancel it. I mean, and just, hey, I happen to have a bunch of time this weekend to listen to podcasts, so I thought, let's just, I've been wanting to hear some of these episodes. These ads are getting unbelievably annoying. Let's just, nine bucks, let's just do it. So, thought it was a great value. Why not do ad-free shows in that vein? So, uh, so far, recommend the Bruce Pritchard ones. I haven't listened to anything else, so don't ask me about uh, uh, 83 Weeks or the Chris Hero one. Because uh, they are all Conrad shows. And you can tell, by the way, like the old school Conrad episodes where he would give Bruce a bunch of shit. And now you kind of hear the new ones and it's not that. He's really, really like, he's kind of docile. He's really, really nice to Bruce. And I don't know, you kind of miss the old school way that they were doing it, you know? I can understand that. Again, Conrad just knows he has so many other guys he has to talk to probably that same day. And he just is like, okay, get over Bruce. Then I got to talk to like Eric. Then I got to talk to Tony. Then Chris here tomorrow. So I got to do all this stuff to set up for everyone else. And he does have like a couple other guys he does do hosting yeah. when he's too busy. But I don't think Conrad, again, he doesn't care anymore because he just has so much going on. Yeah. Well, and even, even a little bit more than that, even, um, like, 
even we know that he has researchers now. Like, I never knew that. That kind of upsets me that this guy has researchers doing this stuff. Like, it was supposed to be, Conrad, you're one of us. You're a wrestling fan. You know all of this stuff. You've been an active member of the, uh, the what's it, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter message boards. Like, that's, oh, I thought you were one of us. You're always on the message boards talking shit. Were you ever a Dave Meltzer guy, Gino? I think I've asked you this before, but every time I hear him talk about, I've been a, a member, a subscriber of the, of the Observer for 20 years now. I'm just like, who who did that? Nobody did that. But were you one of these people? Did you have to get wrestling news mailed to your house? I never was this kind of person. I never really was that into Dave Meltzer. What I am into right now, though, is Brian talking with Dave, especially now that Dave has his camera. I kind of am willing to pay a little bit for Brian just so I can have the full discussion with him and Dave so I could see Dave more. Because Dave, I want to see just how far he goes since he is seeming to go a little bit insane. Credit to Dave Meltzer for being, like, really in shape, by the way. I like that he's at least, like, a gym rat, too. Like, you can tell, like... Oh, I got all this free time because all I do is call wrestling and I call arenas and shit. So I work out a lot. Like I much respect to him for that. Cause then you look at a Conrad and you're like, why don't you exercise? I mean, I get that he's working all the time. Like he's a guts money making machine and he eats a lot of food. I bet. But like now that I'm a wrestling journalist, I definitely need to get in better shape. I, I, I we're going to be huge stars, Gino. So speaking of being a wrestling journalist, uh, I want to get your take on some things. I don't want you to think what they're thinking. I want you to think what you're thinking. Austin Theory's failed cash-in. Now, I watched this over the weekend. Um, I was – because Kevin had mentioned it, and I saw all the headlines and all the trending news about, you know, all the failed cash-in. He joins a very small group of people that have had failed cash-ins. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm messing with my audio as I talk. Um, All these people that have had failed cash-ins, why do you think they would have Austin Theory cash-in and not be successful? Well, we did kind of – defend that and have an explanation last night which if we want to we could pull up his promo that he had backstage so you can see like him doing the best he can probably one of his best promos in his career so far in WWE where he explained that he knew while there's Roman as champion he has the bloodline he always has a chance to not be able to get cashed out because someone's going to interrupt and interfere and stop him from his moment. So he was like, the closest thing to a world title I could have is that U.S. title. So he had that moment, but the failed cash-in part, the reason for failing, I think is just was a moment to be like to add to his character even more, make him have a chip on his shoulder, make him even more pissed off that his moment, he got taken away from him because of Bobby Lashley, not because of anything Seth Rollins Right. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I thought too. Like, oh, well, him losing this is now going to get rid of that cocky persona and he's going to have a little bit more, yeah, like you're saying, a chip or like some swagger. Like he's going to be a little more a little more motivated to, to take this whole thing seriously because you can always argue that he's really not taking this seriously. Like he's taking the selfies and shit. So, uh, yeah, like this is a great moment for him to, hey, I, I had a huge opportunity and I blew it. So now going forward, I'm going to take this a lot more seriously. Uh, but also with that, why why have it why now why didn't they do it at that moment like i know that it was a u.s like obviously bobby lashley beat the shit out of rollins but um one of the things that i'm thinking is there's rumors that they're getting rid of the money in the bank pay-per-view they're trying to they they want to put money in the bank back on the wrestlemania card because it was the best way to get guys on the card who weren't doing anything else like a six a six-man ladder match is a lot more appealing than a 30-man battle royal so uh, like I, like I, I like the the idea of them bringing it back to WrestleMania. Is that why you have to get rid of the Money in the Bank right now? So that way, come April, we're all kind of gonna forget that we already had a Money in the Bank within the last calendar year. 
Well, it's also because maybe they didn't want to have the possibility of having two money bank holders because the one rumor, the idea that they had was to have Theory hold on to money in the bank briefcase until money in the bank to be like, you're just minutes away before you can't do it. It's going to be too late. So they had to cash in that night. That was the possible rumor they were going to do. So maybe they're like, we can't have two people who hold money in the bank because it would ruin one of them and the possibility of seconds. So like, get it out of the way now. And then keep just build his character now, just be a badass, so we could have an actual legitimate world title reign in the future with his new character without need to be a cocky heel that just takes it from somebody unsuspecting through money in the bank. Have that be for another character to build him up. A hydrate, a nice hydrate from He Hate Me. That is that the is that the longest. Uh, is that the longest time? Is that like what's the longest time? Is is Edge still the longest from winning Money in the Bank in April, going all the way until, uh, going all the way until was it uh, January till New Year's Revolution? Like he he went almost a full calendar year. Is the problem now is nobody really waits that long? And like I I almost like that idea. Theory holds on to it for so long because the bloodline is in their way. Like. The, the bloodline is making it so I know that I'm not going to be able to cash in on Roman. I have to wait for him to lose. And then maybe come July, there is something else for him to do. But maybe they are bringing it back to WrestleMania. Maybe that's why they would have him lose it right here. Because now we have a little bit more time to build towards a WrestleMania. We have more time to, okay, you guys forgot Austin Theory had just won this thing in July. Uh, here, we, here we are going into, I think he won it in June, actually. But, um I, I, I'm I'm a fan of bringing this back to WrestleMania. I thought that was a great uh, place to have the Money in the Bank at because it did. Like eight dudes were competing in one match. It was a great way to get four from Raw, four from SmackDown, all in one one match. And these guys weren't in the main event. They weren't in some sort of grudge match. But at least it was. Hey, here's a huge spotlight on you at WrestleMania. I thought that worked perfectly. And I agree, it did work perfectly, and that's why. If they want to make WrestleMania a big moment and having all these great matches and we're going to have this great ladder match and we might still have two battle royals, one for the women and one sure. for the men just to keep on with the tradition that we've already set up. Or it could just be this was a Vinceism just with battle royals we're done with it and we just changed it to be two Money in the Bank ladder matches at WrestleMania, one for the men, one for the women. Well and if WrestleMania is two nights, I mean yeah, why not do Saturday night men's stuff, Sunday night women's stuff you could do the the Moolah Battle Royal on the Saturday and the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on a Sunday, so you can kind of play with how you're booking these shows out and uh, or they, they're trying to make that SmackDown before WrestleMania matter. Malachi Black says, "I want the 40 Man Royal Rumble back." Do you, do you? I I hated the 40 Man Rumble. I, it just seemed like such there was so there's already guys in the Rumble that shouldn't be in there. Like nobody really thinks that like you know one of the Usos is gonna win, even though that would be awesome. Um, like, I think 30 man is perfect. Like, but th I do think it should be a little more 15 from Raw, 15 from SmackDown. When they leave this open interpretation, like, there could be legends. You don't know who's coming back. I kind of hate those surprises more than anything now. Like, when Hurricane came back that one year, it was like, why? This moment is not that fun. And I can agree with that. So, what they should do instead of the 15 15. 10, 10, 10. We need 10 from NXT slash NXT UK. And we're, well, now it's just NXT. Yeah. So we just have 10, 10, and 10 right now. That's what we got to do. Because we now just tonight had a debut from some from NXT UK. So they still reference UK. So UK still exists. But, or Europe. 
So again, NXT will continue on, but we can do this. Ten people qualify from each show, so at least gives us qualifying matches, which we haven't done in years for Rumbles. You are so funny, Gino. Like it's just so funny. Like ten from NXT, like ten, like e equal share from Raw and SmackDown. NXT, the show that none of us watch, is getting the same amount of people in the Royal Rumble. Like that's how many people they get. Raw gets ten. SmackDown gets ten. And NXT also gets ten. If that were the case, we should do forty. We should do fifteen Raw, fifteen SmackDown, ten NXT. But maybe even give NXT four people. Give I don't know if they need ten. Like there, I don't believe anyone from NXT would win the Royal Rumble, let alone ten of them. So maybe give them three spots. Maybe that you can do uh, like 12, 12, or what would it be? 13, 13 from Ron SmackDown, and then three from NXT, and then a wild card. You don't know where this one's coming from. This one's this one's Adam Page, it could even be. could be Adam Cole. Um, but that, that's why I love the way your brain works, Gino. And that's why I actually want to keep talking to you about WrestleMania. Like, I had a thing here. It says Gino Mania is running wild because I am so fascinated by the way your brain works. So I have a list of wrestlers here, and I want you to – book their WrestleMania now, like based on where their characters are at this very moment, what can you see them doing at WrestleMania? Like I, I want you to be the booker. I want you to be Adam Panucci or, well, no, not Panucci. Um, Adam Pacitti. I want you to be Adam Pacitti or Adam Blampede or Brian Zane at the drag show. I want you to just go inside your wrestling mind and let me know what you think is going to happen with these people. Because Sometimes you say things that I just have no idea what you came up with. Like, how did this happen? Where did we go? But only you can do that. So that's why I'm happy to have you here, Gino. So I'm going to throw some names at you. Are you ready? I'm ready. I guess kind of like first thought comes to mind. I'll just let it out right away. Just whatever comes to mind. Where I could see them in the car for us meeting either night one or night two. Exactly. And it, you, you could even say not on the card at WrestleMania, not in the WWE come this time. You could say probably in the world championship match, maybe winning a U.S. championship. Like These five wrestlers that I have written down here, I mean, they could be anywhere. And I just, I'm fascinated by the way your wrestling brain works because I I swear most of the time you're wrong. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you hit you hit things out of the park that I would have never guessed. You're like, Drew McIntyre better come out to his song. I'm like, who? Why? Who cares about that? And then they played the opening, and you were so excited so that you were following the White Rabbit. Like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't wait. Like, sometimes you were just so on these things. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong. So I'm excited to get your take on these superstars. So Genomania is running wild. We should have played a song. What? Oh, I should have thought about that. We should have played the Kane Fireworks song, huh? Or the, the Kane Finger Eleven song, right? I mean, or the Kane rap song. That was great. Or Triple H's song. Or the very small bit of the game disturbed version that we never got the full version of because they're not released out uncaged like they fucking need to. Okay, Gino, enough of that. Shinsuke Nakamura, where will he be in Gino's universe on the WrestleMania card? Now, now when I say Gino's universe, I do mean I want you to actually look at Shinsuke right now, World Cup and all, and let me know where he will be come April whatever in Hollywood. All right, so right now, I don't see him winning this World Cup. Sadly, I don't think we're going to get my dream of Gunther versus Sheamus. Uh, Gunther versus <laughs> Shinsuke. Not going to happen. We're not getting Gunther or Shinsuke. So we're going to hold off. Actually, no, that's Mania. 
from Gunther and Shinsuke. Gunther's going to hold on to the IC title. Shinsuke's going to get this big moment, and Rick Boogs is just going to be his manager. Is Boogs back? Did he come back? I didn't watch. No, he didn't come back. Shinsuke walked out by himself. There was no Boogs. So what's Boogs? Uh, he's not on this list. What's Boogs doing? No, uh, that's funny that you said Shinsuke versus Gunther at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship because Gunther is on my list too because this is somebody that we've heard Triple H say can be like a top heel for the next 10 years. Like He sees a lot of future for, for Gunther, which is also hilarious because Vince wanted to bury him. Vince didn't see any value in Gunther. And here comes Triple H now in charge saying, no, Gunther is like a top guy. What are you talking about? I was a top heel for you for many years. Gunther is going to be that same way, especially with Marcel Bartel and uh, G- Giovanni Vinci. So I, I like Imperium, and I, I do I, I can see that being elongated all the way until WrestleMania. We're not that far away when you really break down how wrestling works. So I'm all for it. Shinsuke versus Gunther. Um, so you're so that was my next guy, Gunther. This is somebody that Triple H just said is a top guy, going to be a top heel. Do you think they're going to limit him to an Intercontinental Championship match, or is this somebody that could win the Royal Rumble and headline a WrestleMania? Well, for this Royal Rumble, I obviously am going to go and see that Cody's winning it, so Cody wins against Roman. That's going to happen. That's almost like it's they almost spoiled it with Cody's first promo, that he's going to win the world title. He's going to be the man to beat Roman. I think they're still going to keep up with that story. Like, it would be perfect. It'd be Triple H showing AEW to say, fuck you, you don't break the throne, I create the throne and keep it for the man that you tried to make the throne breaker. P takes the throne. He takes the royal family's throne and B's world champion. But Gunther, I still feel he's going to have a very lengthy and make the IC title prestigious to be almost on that level to a world title because Roman is the all-encompassing champion around the entire universe while Gunther and Seth Rollins right now are the champions of their brand. They're trying to do that. They really are, but it's it's still not hidden for me. It's still and, and like how you're saying, make it prestigious. Like the Intercontinental title has had thirty years to become prestigious. Like that's it's already it's already been done. It's prestigious in it in so many ways. Having Gunther have it for a long time is still just gonna be it's the Intercontinental title. Even if it's the top on your brand, you're still not the top. We have a Roman Reigns. We have these major championships. We all played SmackDown versus Raw 2008, all right? There was a major champion and a minor champion. And they dubbed the U.S. and the Intercontinental titles minor on that video game, and they will be minor forever. So, Gunther needs a world title eventually. People are clamoring for Big Gold to make a return. Like, just completely have Roman be WWE Universal Champion and then create a new world championship because we need somebody to have a world championship other than the guy who will never lose it. Um, so, Gunther at WrestleMania versus Shinsuke. I like that idea. We'll see if it happens. Uh, the Cody one wasn't even on this list. I, I, I have heard that rumor, too, that he's going to be winning that Royal Rumble. I do think he loses to Reigns, though, at WrestleMania. I really do. I know that they're trying to figure out their exit their exit strategy for this Roman Reigns title run, but I don't think it's going to be Cody. Uh, so here's another guy who, who teases about getting fired, or he wants to get fired. Um, Mustafa Ali, you know, this is some guy who always – Pops up as like an internet darling every once in a while. And then when we see him on Raw, we kind of forget why we like him. And then when we watch him on NXT or we watch him on 205 Live, when we like go back in our, our memory banks of Mustafa Ali, we really like Mustafa. Um, 
what are we thinking for WrestleMania? Is he on the card? Is he just got to throw it into a battle royal? Does he have a higher place in the company by then? What do you think? I think since we have this World Cup match between Ricochet and Main Event Ollie, we're running this back. We <laughs> can actually decide. You know, we did it in Main Event. We had this program. Run it fully all the way back to Mania. Have a grudge match between Main Event Ali and Ricochet. Do you think so? Like, because they so I I know that there's websites that keep track. Have they wrestled each other more times in in wrestling history than any other two people in the world? Like, how many non high profile matches have those two guys had? Like, you and I watched that Main Event trilogy they had, which was great. Those matches were good. I wish Main Event would do more stuff like that. Like, just have like. Like we have major title, minor titles. Why not have programs on your minor show to try and get people that actually watch it a little more interested to tune in from week to week? They did that with 205 Live when they had like Enzo Amore as like the leader of 205 Live, and they were trying. Even Saturday Morning Slam had a general manager for a little bit. So, uh, but Mustafa Ali is even in the chat. Everybody's saying like he needs to. He's such an asshole on Twitter, and he's like kind of annoying. And it's hard for wrestling fans like me who want to like Mustafa Ali. He had one of the greatest matches ever with Buddy Murphy, right? Didn't him and Buddy tear it down at a Survivor Series? Like, they had a match literally as a 205 Live commercial to get people to watch 205 Live, and it was so well done. And here we are, like, all these years removed. Buddy Murphy's gone on to do nothing, and so has Mustafa Ali. And I, I want to see more from him. He was almost in that top spot. Uh, in that elimination chamber until he got hurt, but he's just the worst. He's awful now. I'm predicting a, an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for your boy Mustafa Ali. So, is that out of the realm of possibility? Do you think? You, I don't think there's any way he's having any sort of profile matches at Mania. I mean, it's sad that it most likely is just going to be the Battle Royal spot for him. But I, I want Davey to realize, you know what? Just run this program back. Best of these man, best seven. Best of seven series with Mustafa Ali and King Ricochet. Have the two of them in ring, just seven matches. Have that lead up to WrestleMania, but they're not going to. But that's not a serious. Battle like, Royal. You're not serious with that, though. You don't really think they would do like, a, oh, hey, you guys are wrestlers. Just have a best of seven series for no one to watch. And then we'll, we'll cap it off at WrestleMania. Like, no one. Are they going to bring back a Cruiserweight title for that? Is there a 24-7 title coming out of a trash can for that? Like, what would make people even care about that? It's because they'd be able to see just how amazed these two are in ring, and they just just do promos like they did on Twitter. Realize that you know, Davey, they don't give us the time and the effort, so we gotta do it ourselves, like they did to add to their third match they had in main event to make it even more perceived, even bigger of a match. But I, that's my hope, that's my dream. But I know it's not gonna happen. It's just battle royal for both. Of them. A lot of dreams from you tonight, Gino. That's fascinating to me. Uh, Another person that, uh, as we get closer to WrestleMania season, when I was a kid, I thought Survivor Series was kind of the beginning of WrestleMania season in a lot of ways because they mentioned Royal Rumble, but you can kind of start to see where the pieces are coming at Survivor Series. You can see like who's going to have that amazing, like, oh, they're, they're down 3-1. How do they come back and, and turn it around for their team at Survivor Series? Like You can put over a babyface huge at a Survivor Series and then have them have a nice showing in the Royal Rumble to set up like, oh, this guy's going to do something big at WrestleMania. You can kind of try and pinpoint, okay, this guy, this champion isn't losing until WrestleMania. Or there's there's a way, there's a method to this whole thing. Um, Seth Rollins, he's the current United States champion. They, they tease him. Him and Bobby are in the middle of a feud here. Like, this is clearly, 
Bobby and, and Seth is a program. I don't know where that leads to, but uh, are we going to see Bobby with the title before Mania? Does Seth hold it on till Mania? Is he in a Money in the Bank match? Like, what is Seth doing at Mania to top last year where he had that impromptu match with Cody? I feel Seth is going to have a big marquee match as the U.S. champion. He's going to hold on to it for quite some time, just like Gunther, I feel. We're going to be having these two as our big champions for the shows, have them have these big matches at War Games. But I do feel, since we are talking about like how Survivor Series sets things up for Mania, or at least sets things up for Royal Rumble, with War Games and how it seems to be setting up, we're going to have the bloodline with Sammy, and we already have like the brawling brutes, Drew McIntyre, and I feel the fifth guy has to be Kevin Owens. So we can start to kind of set up what we were doing before Sammy got super over. And we can then have for that Survivor Series match, Drew McIntyre gets a clean pin and wins over Roman, which then will set up Roman versus Drew at Rumble. But Cody wins the Rumble match itself. I still so, feel like that's what I think for Drew. And then he'll have, I don't know where he's going to go. Like, that's the only thing. Maybe he'll win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Maybe he'll go with Seth. Maybe that'll be the pairing there because they had that one title match at, like, a backlash, but they were the they were definitely further down the card than uh, than they would have liked to have been because, yeah, they had the world the, the, the greatest wrestling match ever or whatever it was called with Edge and Randy Orton. Like, that had to be number one. So everything else was obviously subpar of that. So I, I – I, can see Seth. I, I don't know. I feel like the U.S. title degrades him. I know that you're you're trying to get into a mindset like the Geno brain is saying, no, no, no. The U.S. title is equal to the to the WWE. It's the top title on Monday Night Raw. The U.S. title is the top title. And I want to get there with you. I can't. I, I'm not there. I don't think that it is in any way like uh, like. Seth having it almost to grade Seth. Like, that's how I look at it. I think that's how Kevin looked at it when it first happened. So, I'm thinking Seth is going to lose this belt to a Bobby somewhere within the next few months. Seth needs to have big matches. I mean, like, he needs to be the guy wrestling a Shawn Michaels at a WrestleMania. Like, that's what we want out of a Seth Rollins. We're, he's been positioned, like, and and I bring this up all the time. He never finished that rivalry with Roman Reigns. Like they always are gonna. That's such an easy plug and play rivalry that you can always go back to, because Roman never did beat him at Royal Rumble. It was a DQ finish, and Seth, uh, it, they were in the Shield. So like, there's all these easy ways that you can just keep building to them as, as a main event, even a WrestleMania. Um, so there's, there's, I don't think Rollins is going to be straddled or saddled, if you will, with the United States championship. I think he's on to bigger and better things. There's got to be a singles, uh, wrestler out there for him to have a match with that is a more, more of a marquee deal than a U.S. title. So if we're bringing money in the bank back, he can win that at a WrestleMania. I think that's fine. He could even do the, the heist of the century again against Roman and Cody. Cause those are, those are two guys that have wronged him. Um, but that's assuming there is a money in the bank, but he's having, uh, you know what, Here, here's my prediction. He's having a, a boring one-on-one grudge match with somebody at WrestleMania. I don't know if it's edge. I don't know if it's Christian. I don't know if it's AJ styles, but it's just a one-on-one cause I am Seth Rollins and I need like a big match like that. Maybe Seth versus the rock. Well, here's what you think. You want a big marquee match with Seth. It can be for the U.S. title. No, it can't. Or he could lose a, lose the U.S. title to this man. I think this could be the grudge match for Seth to win back the U.S. title. That's Carmelo Hayes. Oh, that sounds awful. You don't mean that. 
You, how would that be awful? Carmelo Hayes has so much charisma and is a star. No. He's having this big match against Wesley that hopefully he loses just so he gets called up. And you're going to see just how good Carmelo Hayes is. Dude, he's not that good. I mean, I watch enough NXT to have seen Carmelo Hayes. I mean, he's not that good. He's not that much. Char- he's not having a singles match with Seth Rollins. Good. I'd rather watch Braun Breaker Seth Rollins. I feel he will have the most charisma. You haven't seen him in a while. You haven't seen like where him and Trick Williams are. I do feel like the two of them together, him with his big fucking body of the fucking Trick Williams supporting him and being that bodyguard for him to help make Seth Rollins look even more stronger by beating both of them, either for the U.S. title or have you Trick beat I- him. Or one that beat him. But again, Carmelo, I feel, is money, and he is the future. Melo yeah, is the best. I feel like you don't mean that. I feel, But that's why we're here. That's why Gino Mania is running wild, because you say outlandish things like Carmelo Hayes is going to have a one-on-one match with Seth because we need a big marquee match, and it could be for the U.S. title, which I was like, no, that degrades it. So everything I said, you just ignored and threw Carmelo Hayes on it. So I'm with you, Gino. Carmelo Hayes is winning money in the bank at WrestleMania. Um, Randy Orton is the last name I have because this is a name that I keep seeing. Is it him versus Riddle? Is that just the obvious? We could finally do that at a WrestleMania, or is he not even going to be at WrestleMania? Where where do you put a Randy Orton on this road to WrestleMania? If he gets cleared, he's fighting Riddle. If he doesn't, he's not on the card. Cleared from what? His injury that he has that's legitimate, especially like the most recent like photo he posted, which makes people apparently, again, from news sources that use it as fucking headline, it's that people are wondering, like, is this actually showing that his recovery is not coming along so well that he might actually be even longer? Because there were reports, maybe he will be cleared by the end of the year, maybe he won't be. Now people are like wondering, maybe it's not even going to happen anytime soon, that Randy's just still going to be gone even to Mania. So what? But what is the industry like? You're saying like, oh, if he's cleared by then. I mean, I'm talking. We're we're in November. We got a December, a January, a February, and a March. So what what are we doing here? What are we thinking? Because even like, when will we see Randy Orton again? I'm 41. By the time I'm I'm, reading, I'm just seeing some articles online. Do we know what the injury is? I there have been multiple things I've read. Like there are things that I'm not sure what's been officially announced because I thought there's like multiple injuries he's had, or at least things they've said like, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. They had that fucking spot. It was an actual like he got hurt because of a spot during that whole beatdown, or it was just the beatdown was because he was injured, so he had to have a fake beatdown. I don't know what's real anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like he got beat down i'm assuming there's some injuries i mean he's been wrestling for fucking ever so it makes sense like yeah he's probably been out with an injury he's probably getting some things taken care of but if he's cleared in time by the way if y'all only knew why this picture was taken yeah who knows he could be getting a vasectomy in this photo like it's not the like the, the injuries that i'm looking at it could be anything it's not like it's been said like well yeah randy's we don't have a sean ross app to let me know that he has a knee injury nobody's gotten in touch with anybody in randy's camp uh the former champion has been out of action for six months with a back injury which came after he uh after he hit some of the best form of his career okay let's settle down um they had their seventh wedding anniversary on her public instagram account she didn't reveal when the photo itself was taken. There are no reason to assume it necessarily wasn't a recent snap. See, that could also be the thing. This this photo isn't even current. She might have just posted that to throw people off. You could be at Raw next week. So if he's cleared in time. I have no idea, Gino. I think he's totally fine. He's just getting a vasectomy. He's going to be at WrestleMania winning the title from Roman. 
Uh, maybe so, but right now what we got to go with, because I don't think it's going to be five Riddle, because Riddle right now is starring his band with Elias, the two-man band, and we're going to see where that goes. That's but not going to WrestleMania. That's going to go to Mania. <laughs> two-man band are going to win the tag team titles. Speaking of tag titles, I, I don't have any other names on here, but I, I as soon as we were talking, I thought about them. Hit Row. You mentioned Carmelo Hayes, uh, which makes us all think about Ashanti the Adonis, because uh, twins. And Top Dollar, B-Fab, where does this group end up at WrestleMania. I can I be honest, they're the worst. Like like ever since they came back, they were the they were the two, three, and four of Hit Row. Like Swerve was the main person. And now we're stuck with the second, third, and fourth best parts of Hit Row. They're missing their leader. They're kind of directionless. Like Top Dollar is a good bodyguard, not a good wrestler. Well for me what I'm seeing is especially with what happened we're going to make this whole thing into a real long-term story, a long-term program, which will culminate into WrestleMania. Triple threat, six-person, three-on-three-on-three tag team match with the Viking Raiders or Valhalla, where they want to be called, fucking Legado del Fantasma and Hit Row, like OG3. That's what we're going to have, those three groups fighting each other in elimination-style triple threat tag team match. At Survivor Series or Mania? Mania. That seems like it's going to happen this month at Survivor Series. You're thinking that goes all the way until Mania? We're, we're going to wrap that up in a couple of days here. No, we're not wrapping that up in a couple of days. We have, again, we have one more week of SmackDown, then we have the Go Home show next week. So they could set it up for Survivor Series, but I think this is going to be a long-term story. We're going to do this for multiple months because I think Mania, after Survivor Series, I think it's all like there's one pay-per-view and then Mania, but it's just months ahead. Like We can set more stuff up, but I do feel like this has legs to go on for multiple months, this triple threat tag team. Yeah, Six per, like three pierce tag. We don't have months on that. that. We're wrapping that up at Survivor Series or Armageddon. Because yeah, I do hear they got rid of J Day One, right? They were going to do another Day One pay per view. Triple H got rid of that. It looks like we have Survivor Series going into Royal Rumble, and then that'll lead into WrestleMania. I don't know what the whole the whole calendar looks like. I'm not sure if that's the strategy. Is WWE just going to pull a pull an Impact Wrestling, pull an AEW, and focus on less pay per views? Because shit, like. No offense to WWE, when when they're at their hottest, they can put together a pay-per-view every fucking month and they were all kick-ass. So, like, I don't know why we're in this era now where... Because it's, like it's not like the television shows are going to get better. It's not like Raw is going to get better because there's less pay-per-views. Like, they were able to put together the best Raws ever when, when they were building a monthly pay-per-view. You can have five-minute matches on Raw because it would lead to 30-minute matches on pay-per-views. And that's true. I mean, we don't know. I don't know what their whole strategy is. It might just be be like it's Raw Rumble. Then we're on the road to WrestleMania to build up everything to make these shows even better, to make people excited for those months and months when we do finally have all of these storylines culminate into WrestleMania's card for both nights. We know, Gino. I'm a wrestling journalist. I know what the plan is here. Triple H is going to bring back some more old-school pay-per-views. He likes No Way Out in February. He doesn't like Elimination Chamber. He likes Backlash. He likes, well, what are we going to do with May? We can't do Judgment Day anymore. We, we kind of ruined that. We could throw Bad Blood in May, and that'll give us King of the Ring in June. And we could do Great American Bash in July, SummerSlam in August, where it always belonged, not July. What the hell? Uh, September, oh my goodness, Unforgiven, October, No Mercy, September, or what did I say, October, No Mercy, November, Survivor Series, December, Armageddon, 2003 was a perfect year, Gino.
All right, that's what you want to go with. You want the 2003 catalog. You think Triple H loved that so much he wants to do that. That's why we have Survivor Series War Games instead of that being wherever Elimination Chamber would be. Because that was basically what he, they made into War Games. That was 2002. Uh, that was in 2002. Okay, not 2003. So and Triple H was in the first Elimination Chamber, but he did not win. People always think he won. Shawn Michaels beat him, okay? And listening to a lot of these ad-free shows... Conrad hates Triple H, and I guess Kevin did a lot too. I love that Reign of Terror. I guess as a wrestling fan, if you were actively watching the program from week to week, you realize Triple H was just a heel who always found a way to keep the championship. But everyone always likes to go, he was backstage sucking dick to never lose that title. Like, I don't feel that at all. I feel like they had a heel champion that all of us who watch the show every week tuned in to see what Triple H was going to do. Yeah, we wanted to tune in to see what Triple H was going to do. We were all wanting to see what RVD was going to do, have all this highest momentum he had in his career, and then have it just be halted right then and there by Triple H. You think that no was the momentum. highest? I was See, Gino, you weren't watching at the time. I was watching at the time. I don't think that was the highest RVD was. I, I think when he won Money in the Bank and had that ECW one-night stand pay-per-view, that was the height of Rob Van Dam. I think in 2002, he was a bait. I went to the Raw like before that Unforgiven or whenever that match was. Or, or no, no mercy, or whatever it was. I don't think RVD was as over as everybody wants to say. Like I was actively watching the show, and even though they did the brand split, and SmackDown was a thousand times better because as a kid, SmackDown was on Thursdays and it was on at 8, from eight p.m. to ten, so it was easier to watch that because Raw was nine to eleven. I got sleepy, and SmackDown had Kurt Angle, Benoit, Edge, and Rey Mysterio, and Brock Lesnar, and Big Show, and then Raw was the show with like. I guess it was just Triple H and Flair. They were, they were trying to figure that shit out. Like, what are we going to do? Like, every Taker was, I guess Taker was on Raw, wasn't he? But, um, yeah, it wasn't the best. So, everyone always brings up the Reign of Terror like he was, like, putting all these guys down. But if you watched it at the time actively, I don't know. He kind of helped, like, an RVD. He kind of helped a Kane. He, dude, that Kane unmasking match on Raw, I definitely stayed up late to watch that, you know. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe deep down he did help Booker T by burying him at WrestleMania. You know, maybe that was the big moment for Booker T's career. He I, needed that. As a Booker T fan, I was so upset when he didn't win. I didn't put any thought into the 19 seconds to cover him. Like, Conrad could not stop talking about, why didn't you just pin him really fast, motherfucker? Uh, I guess. Like, yeah, Triple H should have just covered him right away. But there was a lot of suspense and, like, watching the crawl and then the count. And everybody called that the burying of Booker T. He won a world championship like three years later. Like, why are we pretending? Like, yeah, I fucking buried him. Useless career. Rob Van Dam, same thing. Buried him. He won a world title four years later. So he's not burying people very well. He buried them for multiple years. And then they finally got a big moment. Booker T had to become a whole new character. And RVD had to just win a briefcase that they kind of had an idea what to do with now to just put somebody new like someone who is on the precipice of being a main eventer he put them champion well yeah that's what that's what putting a guy over does it puts them on hey you're on the precipice i'm gonna put you over and get you over the top my friend just giving them a world title because remember benoit he won a world title off of triple h and then he had a few months of fighting kane and not really having that interesting of a championship reign and then it culminated with Randy Orton winning the belt. So, like, sometimes, yeah, here, just take the world title. That doesn't always mean immediate success. 
Not for some, but there are others that it does mean immediate success, or at least it fits the story for that character finally had that moment, like Daniel Bryan, even though he gets injured not too long after yeah. he finally wins that big belt. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, I think it's easy for everyone to armchair quarterback and say, Rob should have won it, but then what? That show had a bunch of, like, who was going to be the person to go like after Rob after that? Rob was not in a place where they had a ton of main eventers. The Rock wasn't there. Stone Cold walked out. Mick can't wrestle anymore. Where was Taker at? Why can't I remember what Taker was doing? I guess he was fighting Brock on SmackDown. So maybe he was on SmackDown. So, yeah, Triple H, what, what was next? We're going to do RVD versus Kane next. There wasn't a ton of – I'm going to go back and watch some 2002 Raws to see what was supposed to happen. Like, who was – Bubba Ray was having singles matches. They really didn't know what the fuck they were going to do on Raw. Eric Bischoff was there. You were supposed to choke Raw. And squeeze the life out of Raw. And you haven't done that, have you, Eric? You're fighting Stone Cold at No Way Out 2003. Gino, this was my era. I was watching, all right? No one cares that Booker T didn't win the belt. He was going to win the belt later on. He's awesome. We had hope that he'd eventually win the belt later on. Thankfully, we were all right for that hope. But, man, it's just been wild again all these years. And today, now in 2022, we have a full gear that's not that exciting and interesting only a few matches here and there but it's not like full gears of old anymore. that's this weekend huh? it's full gear yes it's this weekend full gear and that's why i did send you a dm if we wanted to do what we used to do right now and run down the go home show to dynamite and see and predict who we thinks are going to win the few matches that are announced oh is that something night. we used to do i did used to do predictions for the upcoming shows so before we ride off into the glorious sunset I shouldn't have that chili, Gino. Live tomorrow night on TBS, which, by the way, what a great network, this TBS, okay? Love it. Uh, we got a couple matches that are already announced, and it looks like we have a lot of promos being advertised. This is going to be a, a packed show. I really don't know how they're going to pull all this off. So I'm going to start on the left, Gino. Tony Storm versus the Bunny. Uh, do they have to put? Do they have to advertise that? Is anyone really like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to watch Dynamite now? Well, I mean, it's because this is a title eliminator match. We have a championship qualifying match where we have a chance for the Bunny to win, but of course she's not because we know Thunder Rosa's most likely come back soon. I'm predicting at full gear, and we're going to have Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa against Jamie Hayter ain't winning either, but that's my prediction. Why aren't you excited for full gear? Tony. That was a weird comment. Full gear looks great. You don't want to watch it? I mean, it looks like there's some decent matches, but to me it's just like... The buildup, it's not as exciting. The only thing I'm excited for is the potential of the person who's going to be in the finals of this tournament they have set. I guess last full gear was like their highest buy rate, right? It had, I mean, I'm looking at the buy rate. So many people bought last year's full gear for Omega versus Hangman Page. And now here we are going to Mox and MJF. Clearly, we're deleting the elite. We lost CM Punk. So a lot of our big stars we got rid of very recently so this is kind of a rebuild i don't know this pay-per-view looks great I'm, I'm shocked that you would say that although it does have jeff jarrett on it i'm not really excited about that um yeah and you know what there's too many titles i, I think i'm on the side of of everyone in the chat like aew is kind of being like ruined by all these championships wwe we would argue like oh there's too many championships when they would bring on a cruiserweight title or oh they got two tag titles there's way too many championships on this show AEW buys companies and just keeps their belts. Oh, we got Ring of Honor. Now we got Ring of Honor belts. 
Uh, oh, we, we're going to bring on NJPW and have their belts on a show. Oh, FTR has all the belts. Like, it's what? What is happening here? You're, the AEW tag champs, the acclaim, look like shit because when they're standing next to FTR, those guys have more belts. So which belt matters more? What's more important? None of us will ever understand. Tony Storm is going to beat the bunny, though, Gino. Um, what else we got? We got we'll hear from Samoa Joe. What do you think he'll say? He's going to explain to us why he did it, why Wardlow had to end all of a sudden, why he doesn't want this anymore, and why he's going after Wardlow for this TNT time. Why does he want to be two belts, Joe, when we have Will Hobbs right now in the crosshairs? We'll hear from John Moxley. What do you think he's going to say? He's going to talk with William Regal even more, setting us up for the possibility that it seems very, very likely that they're building up to where William Regal will cost John Moxley the match for MJF to win. We have a, a uh, what's it called, a title eliminator tournament semifinal, Ethan Page versus Bandito. Ethan Page is kind of getting a push finally, so I'm assuming he's going to beat Bandito, right? They don't really have anything behind Bandito. They got to have this big win for all legal because, yes, Bandito beat Roosh on Rampage to be able to get to the semifinals just as Brian Cage did as well. But we are going to have to see Ethan Page finally get this big push to be in the finals at full gear where he faces either Brian Cage, Lance Archer, or Ricky Starks. I don't know what they're going to do for that second part of the semifinals. When is, so Archer and Starks is going to be on – that's going to be on Dynamite as well then, right? Because what else do they have? They got a, a Rampage coming up, and then the, the, ramp, the Starks versus Cage needs to happen now, right? <laughs> what? I don't – it's got to – yeah, okay – Yes, I think I'm correct. I think that that maybe uh, we have Dynamite. I think Archer and Starks will have to wrestle tomorrow, and then Cage versus Starks will be on Rampage, right? Yes, it'll be Cage versus Starks or Archer versus Starks. I think the whole buildup we had is that Archer just beat the fuck out of Ricky Starks so bad last week that he just can't compete, so Archer wins, so it's going to be Archer versus the machine and then the winner will face all ego at full I don't know if they'll do heel versus heel I think they want to have Starks be the baby face that makes it all the way to fight Ethan Page right that's that's baby face hey look I, I watch a lot of WWE all right we can do tournaments but we got to make sure that we have a heel fight and a baby face and a heel fight and a baby face and a heel fight and a baby face so uh, Kingston and Ethan Page. We saw Ethan Page get a victory. That meant Bandito had to beat Roosh because we needed a babyface to fight Ethan Page. So I'm looking at that Brian Cage already beat Dante Martin. So we got a heel. Ricky Starks is going to advance to fight Brian Cage. And then if we're having Ethan Page win, somehow Ricky Starks is going to get a victory. We're going to have Starks and Page at full gear. Can you imagine the pop? It will be a big pop for all ego when he wins this tournament, like he said he would before a tournament. He was announced that he's going to be in the world title picture, and he's going to face MJF for the world title. Ethan Page kind of sucks, so I'm curious to why they're – this tournament seems like it should be a lot bigger. Like, hey, who are eight dudes you think could be AEW world champion? I would never say Eddie Kingston, Ethan Page, Bandito, Roosh, Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, or Dante Martin. Like, they lined up eight jobbers – to compete for their world championship. Well, Ethan Page makes the most sense to win this because of the right. build-up with the firm and MJF, especially if, again, it could be William Regal turns on Mox or the possibility, which they could have do, being the whole firm beat up MJF, and that was a work. It was all fake. So I mean, MJF looked more believable as a baby face, but they were all working together, which I doubt they're going to do that shit. They're going to be kind of story. It's going to be Regal turning on Mox more likely. 
Uh, could well, that's WWE as well. So, um, let's go with Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson, the BCC. They're taking on Guevara and Jericho tag match before their fatal four way match going into full gear. This is kind of like, I'm not a big fan of this fatal four way. Am I supposed like, I don't know. Am I supposed to be like, um, it, it just like, it feels really like clumsily slapped together. Like, oh, we'll just do a fatal four for the Ring of Honor title. Because here's Jericho has been having great matches with Ring of Honor champions and singles action. And this fatal four-way is just kind of a cheap payoff to all of that. They really had no long-term plan for this. Plus, next month we have a, a final battle. Why don't we just wait for that to do a big Jericho championship title change? Because he's is he first of all, he's he's losing tomorrow night in the tag match, and he's winning at full gear. Yes, I feel Sammy Guevara is going to get pinned both nights. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I agree 100%. I can't even argue with you on that. Bowens versus Swerve Strickland. Uh, Strickland's getting a win. Bowens doesn't need to win singles matches. I I do feel, yeah, Swerve's going to win because he's going to be so pissed off because we got to have a music video before the match. Yep. Yeah, that's huge that we have an acclaimed music video with Daddy Ass in it. Can't wait. That sounds awful. We'll hear from Dr. Britt Baker and Soraya again. Didn't we already hear from them? Why Why are we advertising another, hey, let's talk? Because of how popular the first one did, they, they got to realize this is what the people want. This will get the clicks is another talking segment before the, the title eliminator match we have between the Bunny and Cody <laughs> Storm. And then uh, what's the – I guess the main event's the Jericho match. Kind of funny like, just reading everything out. Like, I guess that's the main event. Death Triangle are taking on Top Flight and A.R. Fox. Who's A.R. Fox? Why do I not know that name? A.R. Fox has been wrestling in the indie scene. He was actually in Lucha Underground for a short period of time as well. So, yeah, we have A.R. Fox who's a great indie wrestler. And he's teaming with Top Flight. So, Darius Martin's cleared. It's going to be a great match. But, of course, Top Flight is losing. Because Death Triangle has to win because it's for the trio's championships. And we're setting up for Death Triangle versus the Elite. What happened with um, was Leo Rush clearly failed in AEW. I mean, that's kind of what we saw. What was that weird storyline they did where he was running like a Ponzi scheme? And what was that weird storyline they were doing with like Dante Martin? Everything about Leo Rush's time in AEW makes no sense. I feel with the whole Ponzi scheme thing, it was kind of what they're now doing successfully with the trust busters that he just was <laughs> found so much money and he was able to make so much money through these investments through, I forgot what the investments he said. He actually said like a type of investment he was doing that was making him money and he's able to do this. He wants to be the businessman, the manager to support someone great like Dante Martin. So he wanted Dante, but Dante turned his back on him to turn babe heel to be a part of a team FTW. But then he turned against Team Taz. I like that. I was you were like well, a successful version of it is the Trust Busters. I'm like that made me laugh. Like because sure it's a more successful version, but it's not like a main event. Like Leo Rush was coming into this thing. He was the wild card in a battle royal, and there was a lot of anticipation that they signed Leo Rush from WWE. Like there's not that same hype with Ari Davari. It's it's a little bit different. So I, I'm sure that Rampage and Dark Elevation are getting their healthy dose of the trust busters. But Leo Rush running that week, like he had like they had like. Uh, pack like video packages like vignettes of him introducing that he makes money I, I take people's money and i make them more money and then i hang out with dante martin 
like, what? What is happening here? And then Dante was going to be a heel, and then he decided not to be, and it really was all for nothing. So all of that stuff, Gino, I'm still trying to wrap all my brains around it. And I've still tried to to this day, but it makes no sense what they're doing with Leah Rush. But listen, someone beat, they did care so much about Leah Rush being signed, but someone they care just as much, and hopefully he does get a push. It's Parker Boudreaux. He's going to be world champion one day. Nah, he sucks too. You don't mean that. I feel like if you watched more of his stuff, you would agree. Like, oh, he's kind of, he's just a big meathead who probably doesn't know. He probably doesn't even like wrestling. It's just, oh, he kind of fell into this. And yeah, that's, this, is what, this is what he does now. And but he does it pretty well. He's a good wrestler. He's a good hand. But I am excited for tomorrow night's time. I just as excited as I am for because we did talk about final battle next month. NXT is going to have a takeover event that same night, the night of though, because the fucking final battles for some reason in the afternoon, and we got a big announcement of a special match that I think you'll be excited about. You're doing great, you know. You're I think you're getting it now. Like every the way you set that up. The way that whole thing went was perfect, the way you said it. So I do have the video here. I'm fucking with my audio again. I don't know why it's doing this. Um, it's because I leave all my equipment out here untouched, and then I come to do this, and everything's changed. Let's take a look at what happened. Mandy Rose is on our screens, and we love that. NXT is a brand focusing on developing the superstars of tomorrow, but also a brand focused on innovation. On Saturday, December 10th, at NXT Deadline, we will present to you a revolutionary new match never done before in WWE history. Whoa. The Iron Survivor Challenge. What? That sounds nuts. I don't even want details. Take my money now, Gino. This already is just an exciting match name. It could mean anything. We don't know what Iron Survivor is, but whoever is, I'm sure that's going to be a big stepping stone for their future. Well, it, maybe it's what I thought that the championship scramble was supposed to be. Like, imagine just like a 20-minute time limit match. You have five dudes, and uh, it's it's single. Like, there's pinfalls, sure, but you get, like, eliminated or something if you get pinned. And then once you get down to two people, then it's like whoever has the most falls by that time. Like, the rules were always confusing when they were – that was one of the reasons I stopped watching wrestling is just them describing it. I was like, this sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So let's, but we don't get any details. Let's watch. There will be two Iron Survivor challenges at NXT deadline. One for the men and one for the women. Five superstars will compete in this unique 25 minute match. They will battle each other and the clock. What? Two superstars will start the match. Every five minutes, a new superstar will enter until all five are in the ring. The goal of the match is to have the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes. Oh, well, that is kind of what I was thinking. Like, well, that's a little different because it's still championship scramble-like. Every five minutes, somebody comes in and, and enters the match. So that's exactly what the scramble was. Uh, and then at the end of 20, because now you don't want to come in last because you need more time to get pinfalls, right? Yes, but here's the thing. We got five people. Now we know it's 25 minutes. So, again, 25 minutes, It's they're set in stone. It's going to be 25 for both matches. So we got 30. Well, we got a good bit of time for both women and men's match. We got to see what else is going to be on this card. But right now, two big matches for men and women already. 25 minutes. Falls good can be won at time. any time. Get pinfall, submission, or disqualification. When a superstar wins a fall, they will earn one point. However, when the superstar loses a fall, they must pay the penalty. They're forced out of the ring and into the penalty box. The penalty box! This is great! This is like TNA. I love this show. 90 seconds. Once the 90 seconds are up, that superstar can re-enter the match. 
The superstar who has scored the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes will be named the Iron Survivor and become the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Superstars competing in this one-of-a-kind, first-time-ever match will be announced in the coming weeks. Thank you, and we'll see you Saturday, December 10th at NXT Deadline. To the Deadline? That sounds intense. What a great name for a pay-per-view. Deadline? It's almost as good as Armageddon. So, Gino, I'm in, man. When do, when do we, like, December 10th, I'm ready. Do you have tickets? Are we going? I mean, I don't have tickets, but I do have Peacock. Thankfully, it's going to be on Peacock the same night, but again, later in the night to final battle so we can watch AEW's ROH, see what they're going to do, and then go right into Deadline, a better name than Final Battle. I think I'm watching Deadline. I don't think I need to watch Final Battle. I think it's going to be Jericho versus Claudio. I think I've already seen that, so I'm okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just watch NXT Deadline Survivor Challenge. I love Survivor. Love challenges. It's going to be perfect. It is going to be a perfect card. I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to do with Braun Breaker, with Mandy Rose, who is still champion. we got to see what they're going to do and who's going to be the eighth champion next week with Wesley versus Carmelo Hayes. we got to see who's going to be setting into Deadline as North American champion. We are loving NXT, Gino. I think we covered it all, though. We really went through like my new Gino game. I love that. This is probably We're going to be using a new software next week, by the way. I hate that my audio does this. I don't know why it's doing that. Since I'm using a mixer, maybe Wasapi is the way to go. Yeah, this seems better. I think I fixed it, everybody. I fixed it because I am using a mixer, and I had it on a different setting, and who knew that one setting would change it all. So we got the audio fixed for next week. I can't wait to be back with Sonic Chino. I already disconnected from him. I'm no longer live. So if you're listening to this, thank you for downloading and listening all the way through and dealing with the audio issues that we had. But we will be back next time here on The Wrestling Journalist. Thank you so much.